Chapter Ten of Curiosities of Olden Times. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in July two thousand and twelve. Curiosities of Olden Times by Sabine Baring Gould. Chapter Ten, The Baroness de Beausoleil madame de beausoleil astronomer and alchemist in the seventeenth century who came from germany to france in the exercise of her profession was incarcerated at vincennes in sixteen forty one by order of cardinal richelieu the date of her death is unknown such is all that the great french biographical dictionaries have to say concerning a woman of surprising talent indomitable perseverance and a martyr of science she was the first to draw attention to the mineral resources of france and to indicate the profit which might accrue to the treasury by the working of the mines and how did france repay her services by despoiling her of her private wealth by casting her into prison and leaving her to perish forgotten in its dungeons and even now her very name and services are passed over and ignored a sad chapter is that in the history of science which relates the names of its martyrs and records their services and the ingratitude and ignominy with which they have been repaid among these martyrs the good baroness of beausoleil deserves commemoration and merits now the attention that the age in which she lived refused to yield to her the date and place of her birth cannot be fixed with accuracy but as a memoir published in sixteen forty says that for thirty years she has been engaged in mineralogical studies it seems probable that she was born about fifteen ninety she belonged to the noble family of Berthereau in the Touraine. Her Christian name was Martine. In 1610, she married Jean du Châtelet, Baron de Beausoleil and Dauphinbach, a Brabantine nobleman of great learning and abilities. The Baron had borne arms in his youth, but his natural tastes lay in the direction of natural philosophy, and his attention was chiefly directed to mineralogy then a science in its earliest infancy following the bent of his inclinations and impelled by the desire of obtaining a practical acquaintance with the working of mines and the character and conditions of the different metal ores in situ he visited in order the mines of germany hungary bohemia tyrol silesia moravia poland sweden italy spain scotland and england by this means he obtained a practical knowledge of his subject possessed by no other in his day and an intimate acquaintance with ores and their indications which made him the first of mineralogists the german emperors rudolf and matthias recognized his abilities and constituted him commissary-general of the hungarian mines the archduke leopold created him director-in-chief of the trentin and tyrolean mines and the dukes of bavaria newburg and cliffs conferred upon him similar offices in their territories lastly a brevet of like nature was given him by the pope for the states of the church in sixteen hundred at the recommendation of pierre de beringhan comptroller-general of the french mines the baron came to france 
ten years after he married martine de berthereau who thenceforth became his companion in all his travels his fellow labourer in the same field of science and who even surpassed him in ability and skill in detecting the indications of ore the couple examined together the german italian and swedish mines she then crossed the atlantic to investigate those of the new world she next applied herself to the study of chemistry geometry hydraulics and mechanics and became accomplished in each of these sciences she was able to speak fluently italian german english spanish french and was a latin and hebrew scholar in sixteen twenty six saint mar then superintendent of the mines gave the baron a commission to traverse several of the provinces and open mines wherever he found indications of ore whilst thus engaged the baron published a volume on the true philosophy concerning the first matter of minerals a work of no great value as it is overloaded with the absurd theories of the metamorphosis of metals then in vogue the course of his investigations led him and his wife to morlaix in brittany and there in sixteen twenty seven an event took place which gave them considerable annoyance as well as proving a severe pecuniary loss the baron was engaged in examining a mine in the forest of buisson rochemarais and his wife was at rennes seeking to the registration of their commission taking advantage of the absence of both at the same time a provincial provost touche by name of the race of dogberry made an entry into their house under the plea of search after magical apparatus for as the provost said how can mortal man discover what is underground without diabolical aid on this pretext then the house was ransacked and dogberry laid violent hands on every article which aroused his curiosity or attracted his cupidity the boxes were broken open the cupboards burst into the drawers searched and gold silver jewels mineralogical specimens scientific instruments legal documents notes of observations made in the course of travel every fragment of manuscript private letters and maps were carried off by touche and appropriated to his own use on the return of the baron and baroness to morlaix they found that in addition to this robbery in the name of justice a charge was laid against them of magic they were constrained to appear before touche and a fellow magistrate of like nature and free themselves of the charge they were allowed to depart exculpated but without their property which the magistrate refused to surrender the baron appealed to the parliament of brittany but without obtaining any redress he then applied to that of paris but touche had friends at court and the appeal of the baron was rejected twelve years after in sixteen forty we find the baroness still asking for redress and still in vain the failure of the couple in obtaining any attention so irritated them that they left france and returned to germany which had always recognized their services and treated them with the respect due to their abilities and attainments ferdinand the second at once placed the baron de beausoleil in charge of the hungarian mines but unfortunately the nobleman and his wife were not content to remain in germany 
and after a few years resolved on trying their fortune once more in france this time they determined on carrying on their operations upon a more extensive scale and in sixteen thirty two they entered the kingdom of louis the thirteenth accompanied by fifty german and ten hungarian miners together with private servants the king at once renewed the commission given by saint mar in sixteen twenty six and the baron commenced a series of explorations in brittany and in the south of france the parliaments of dijon and pau having objected to the commission the king issued an order to them to recognize the baron and his wife and to aid them in their search after minerals by affording them every facility which lay in their power notwithstanding this apparent royal support the two mineralogists obtained no pecuniary assistance from government but were expected to carry on all their operations at their private expense the maintenance of sixty miners the prosecution of extensive works and the travelling from province to province could not fail to reduce the means of the couple very considerably a little glory might accrue to them but they were sure of becoming the objects of jealousy they obtained praise from the king but no money and after having expended thirty thousand livres in fact their whole fortune they were as far from obtaining any pecuniary acknowledgment of their services as they were when first entering france in sixteen thirty two the baroness addressed a memoir to the king on the mineral treasures of the country it was entitled veritable declarations made to the king and his council of the rich and inestimable treasures lately discovered in the kingdom but at this met with no response she reprinted it under the title veritable declarations of the discovery of mines and minerals in france by means of which his majesty and his subjects will be enabled to do without foreign mineral trade also concerning the properties of certain sources and mineral waters lately discovered at chateau thierry by madame martine de berthereau baroness de beausoleil in this interesting memoir one hundred and fifty mines are indicated as having been discovered by the baron and his wife the government satisfied of the value of the services of the two foreigners but unwilling for all that to pay them now as acknowledgment conferred on them a new brevet giving them extended powers and elevating the baron to the grade of inspector-general of all the mines in france if glory alone could suffice as a reward to merit the baron du chatelet and madame de berthereau must have felt content with the dignity now conferred upon them but a glory which cost them their whole fortune and which in no way repaid their labours must have seemed to them a bitter deception little by little the worthy couple had to reduce their retinue and to curtail their expenses and after ten years of unrequited exertion in behalf of the crown their train was scanty enough however their hopes were not yet exhausted promises had been made to them of the most brilliant description and they relied upon the honour of the french crown to redeem them in sixteen forty the baroness appealed to cardinal richelieu in a pamphlet entitled la restitution de pluton à l'eminentisme cardinal duc de richelieu a second title page adds with a refutation of those who believe that mines and subterranean matters are only discovered by magic and by the aid of the devil 
whether the cardinal read the memoir or not we cannot say but undoubtedly he perused the dedicatory epistle or at all events the sonnet it contains which sums up its flatteries and hyperbolic compliments esprit prodigieux chef-d'oeuvre de nature elixir épuré de tous les grands esprits puisque vous conduisez notre bonne aventure arrêtez un peu l'œil sur ces divins écrits ces écrits sont dressés pour une architecture dont la sainte beauté vous rendra tout épris le soleil et les cieux conduisent la structure et vous vous conduisez cet ouvrage entrepris la france et les français vous demandent les mines l'or l'argent l'azur les monts les calamines sont des trésors cachés par l'esprit de dieu si vous autorisez ce que l'on vous propose vous verrez monseigneur que sans métamorphose la france deviendra bientôt un riche lieu the restitution of pluto is a book most interesting not only on account of the erudition and rare acquaintance with natural philosophy which it displays but also from the stately and vigorous writing of the authoress it contains passages glowing with energy and is composed in a style of dignified and manly eloquence maybe the publication of this work opened the eyes of the cardinal to the fact that the state certainly was indebted to this illustrious couple for services gratuitously rendered during upwards of ten years the most convenient method of paying them was that of silencing the voices which cried for acknowledgment and thus stifling the claims on the royal exchequer slanderous reports were circulated relative to the beausoleil and they were accused of various crimes the suspicion of magic which had attracted to them from the time of the inquisition of the provost of morlaix was revived and the prejudices of the age tended to give it force to overthrow the noble pair old superstitions concerning gnomes of the mines and subterranean demons were not yet extinct the baroness herself believed in them and in one of her works speaks of her having encountered some of them in the mines of Neusol and Chemnitz in Hungary, she says, I saw little dwarfs about three or four palms high, old and dressed like miners, that is, clothed in an old suit and with a leather apron, a white tunic and cap, a lamp and stuff in hand, terrible spectres to those who are unaccustomed to mines. Several times already, as appears from her writings, she and her husband had been exposed to the violence of the rude and ignorant rustics who thought their scientific instruments means for conjuring up the devil and the authorities were as we have seen at morlaix quite prepared to second the popular superstition when profit could be obtained thereby the divining rod then much in vogue in germany was used by the baron and his wife who had strong belief in its magnetic properties and the employment of it may have given some colour to the charges now raised against them on all sides of being necromancers in league with evil spirits in sixteen forty two by order of cardinal richelieu the baron de beausoleil was cast into the bastille and the baroness was shut up in the state prison of vincennes without trial and sentence 
thus after forty years of labour together in the same pursuits in the same manner of life in the decline of their days this worthy couple were separated to spend the rest of their life in prison such was the reward accorded to them for their devotion to the cause of science and the recompense for the benefits they had afforded to france the baroness died in the prison of vincennes the date of her death is unknown but probably it was not long deferred her ardent soul would not long endure the torture of imprisonment and the sorrows of finding all her labours repaid with ingratitude her husband died in the bastille after lingering for three years behind bars one last glimpse of the noble woman we obtain from the memoire de lancelot to chante la vie de monsieur de saint cyran the abbe de saint cyran was shut up in vincennes in sixteen thirty eight as a jansenist on the fourteenth of may in that year he was arrested by richelieu who then made use of the remarkable words had luther and calvin been imprisoned the moment they began to dogmatize government would have been spared much trouble saint cyran remained in vincennes till sixteen forty two he died the next year during his imprisonment he observed in church the baroness de beausoleil and her daughter prisoners like himself touched with the scantiness of their clothing he endeavoured to procure for them the dresses which they needed and those necessaries which the sickness of the noble lady demanded the following are the words of the memoir whilst monsieur de saint cyran was in vincennes he met a lady named the baroness de beausoleil who was there with her daughter whilst her husband was prisoner in the bastille seeing her in church poorly clad he made inquiries about her and sent to madame le maitre telling her whom he had seen and begging her to purchase some chemises for this person expressly desiring that they might be long for nothing escaped his charity and also that the material should be good when they had been sent it was ascertained that what had been made for the mother would only fit the daughter and he gave them to the letter and ordered fresh ones for the mother afterwards he requested to have fustian undergarments shoes and stockings sent to them according to measures which he procured and also after the fashion of the day at the approach of winter he wrote to say that he found that the lady was menaced with dropsy and that she was extremely sensitive to cold he therefore begged the person i have mentioned to make for her a dress of thick rateen of the best description and trimmed with black lace because he heard that such was the fashion and he added that his maxim was that people should be served according to their rank he also had a gown made for the daughter he also sent to the bastille to have the husband well dressed and i know that the person who brought the tailor to him asked him to choose his material and the trimmings for he had orders to have him dressed as suited his taste in saint cyran's own letters we find additional details very sad they are but full of interest to those who have followed this worthy couple through their labours into disgrace this letter writes the abbe to his friend monsieur de rebourg is to entreat you at your convenience to execute with the utmost secrecy without allowing it to transpire who sends you and who you are who make the inquiries a work of great charity upon which i am engaged 
there is a person imprisoned here who is the authoress of the book i send you will you kindly go to monsieur maréchal glassmaker and consequently a gentleman and inquire what has become of the children of the baroness de beausoleil a german lady and lest he should mistrust you say you do it in charity and should he still have suspicions promise him any token of sincerity which he may require he lives near the house of charity in the faubourg saint germain perhaps you had better inquire at the house of charity for monsieur maréchal and of the girl named mademoiselle barbe with whom the baron de beausoleil now in the bastille and his wife now here in prison had left one of their daughters named anne du chatelet aged twelve whom her mother had instructed in latin so as to make her useful in the search after mines a science hereditary in the family by this means you may be able to learn what has become of the other children if you know yourself or by any of your friends monsieur maturel advocate or his brother who favoured these good people and who know all their affairs and are aware of all the circumstances of the robbery committed upon them in brittany and estimated at a hundred thousand crowns you will obtain their entire confidence and be able to learn what has become of the children this must be done with the utmost circumspection you must say that your friends who lived formerly in paris want to know particulars of the family the eldest son having gone to the bastille without proper precautions to make inquiries concerning his father was arrested but we desire to learn something about the other children some five or six and who has got charge of them what a strange thing it is that there is no surer means of falling into trouble than to love the faith and catholic verity such is the last glimpse we obtain of this unfortunate family two noble and devoted servants of science cast into dungeons and their children scattered or imprisoned because they served the state too well on the fourth of december sixteen forty two richelieu was called to his account before the throne of a just judge to answer for that as well as his other crimes and in another country the accursed bastille was torn down stone from stone by an exasperated people and laid down in the dust never to rise again End of chapter 10